The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. We say it all the time, you know where to find us. Twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit is where we are live, coming to you on a Monday, May 22nd, uh, 8.30, uh, no, wait, it, 6, 6 p.m., I'm sorry, I'm screwing up the start of the uh, of the game where I'm going to watch the Lakers get swept. So I'm my head's all out of whack because I am adequate. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter. Download the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, I iHeart, iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. That's the boilerplate out of the way. Here's Jeremy out of the way. Here's Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. Hello, Jeremy. You're trying to get me out of the way? No, not Ooh. in the least. Sorry. Uh, oh, okay. Ble- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I'm glad that we're doing the the date and time updates. I'm also glad that you've you've put yourself out there to either be right or wrong about the Lakers for those listening on the podcast feed. It's what I desire at this point. That's- it's what I desire at this point. I believe in when a beast is wounded like this, you put it out of its misery. Fair. Joining me. Another such beast, not in misery though. Ryan Matthews. Back is the mother rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD, the senior editor of Pride of Detroit. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I know that you would wholly invite everybody who's listening to 
at you and at old takes expose you if the Lakers, in fact, do not get swept. I have that account blocked. They can't. <laughs> they can that try, way nobody but they can, can't. Yeah, that, that way nobody can actually like try to tag can't they can't narc me to them. They can't. It's lame. That's pretty effective. Yeah. That's Although why I do could, it. People could clip this and send it to them. And it does have your okay. Twitter handle on the screen. Cool. I won't know that they that they put me on blast though. <laughs> Until I tag you in it. And then I'll just block you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Lots of I got blocks. blocks. I got blocks all the way down. I started early. I try. I just reply to one thing to Jeremy and I get called like a nasty word by someone. You know what happens? Block. There's not even the, oh, don't give them the satisfaction. That doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Your only interaction with me is being a, an, an, a jerk. Like, no, you don't get a second mm. chance. More blocks than Ryan pulls after the season. Lego blocks. I try to work that into every podcast because I'm a big Bears guy now. Oh, Lord. Big, uh, I thought you were just a big Legos guy. Low com A, low com B. <laughs> but as a dad, like Legos are your bane, right? You'll step on them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're great. I, I'm more of a connects kid growing mm. up. Well, talking about blocks and the throwing of such, we do have the OTAs coming up. That's right. That, what a, that what is a segue. Yeah, we that is. The, I actually got a segue in for once. <laughs> I got the segue set up properly. So OTA is the topic of this POD cast today. I know we've had some questions, Jeremy, about uh, the new pendant, the new Thursday night football flexing. And we've got some questions about the uh, um, the new NFL investigations into gambling, whether or not that could hit other lions past Jamison Williams. I think we'll try to address that in a scraps episode. Sure. Put that out. But I want to keep our main podcast focused on the OTA's preview just because is what we came into. This is what we've prepped because there's not much. We are in the dead of the off season now. Yeah. And but also OTAs like, is kind of our last squeeze and OTAs to me, like I'm very excited for them. This I year, know right? you, this is your favorite. <clears throat> they, they kick off on, on Tuesday. We'll be there once a week for the next three, next four weeks. And then in the middle of that, there's going to be rookie mini camp or I'm sorry, mandatory mini camp where we get all three days of access. But like, this is the first time we're going to see this entire team together. And there are so many new pieces. There's so many like, Big questions to ask is our first time that we're going to talk to a lot of these players since some big developments in terms of, you know, the team getting the Kansas City game in terms of the, the gambling stuff. So, like, there are a lot of questions that we have that we're going to get at least some semblance of an answer over the next month. And that's exciting because on the other end of that, like you said, like there is a vast void after. So, you know, if you're it's if you're lastly. craving lines information, craving lines news cherish these next four weeks because there's going to be a lot of it and then a lot enough. Yep. And I bring that up to Ryan and I, thus it's speaking of questions that I bring to Ryan, maybe one we don't even have answered. Uh, do Lions still have a problem with backup quarterback right now going into OTAs? So some context, however, the law, the NFL did just change their bylaws to allow an active quarterback three on roster spots. This won't affect the 53 man roster it mostly affects game day actives and inactives. But I think that alone encourages teams to carry a third quarterback. So something to really look at at OTAs is going to be backup quarterbacks where Hendon Hooker will start in the pup, which means Nate Sudfeld. What? That's maybe. A maybe. That's yeah. a maybe. That's a maybe start in the pup, but I, I think it's trending that way. But e- even if he... Even if he doesn't, so they... I mean, you expect Nate Sudfeld on there and we have Adrian Martinez in camp right now as a UDFA, 
So I guess looking at this core right now, assuming it may, let's just say Hooker, Hooker does start in the pop. Is that enough with Sudfeld and Martinez? Do they even keep Martinez? Is there, is there somewhere else they need to go? And I know you really want to say Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I mean, I'm still wondering what Teddy Bridgewater is going to do. He, he He's going to be on an NFL roster this year. Just wondering which one it'll be. I hope it's Detroit because Jeremy, I, I do think the Lions still have a, a problem at backup quarterback. Like, yeah, they have Hendon Hooker, but who knows when he'll be ready. I don't think that from any indication, either from Holmes or Campbell, it seems like they're going to expedite that process. They're going to take it nice and slow, just like they did with Jameson Williams. And Hendon Hooker will be ready when Hendon Hooker is ready. And the Lions have agreed that he's ready. I I don't think they're going to, you know, Jameson Williams was someone who was chomping at the bit to get out there, right? Nope. Lions took it nice and slow and and they definitely played. I almost said played their cards. Right. But man, uh, we'll get to JMO in a minute, but I, uh, I, I think with the backup quarterback spot, I, I don't feel super comfortable about it. Like I don't feel very comfortable in, in Nate Sudfeld and, and what he can provide should the lions run into any issues with Jared Goff's health. And I guess knock on wood, because I don't, I don't want to see any lions football with Nate Sudfeld quarterbacking. I don't know, right? Like we haven't seen Nate Sudfeld do anything uh, just like warm up in practice. That's always I remember he was added after training camp last year. So this is going to be our first kind of real opportunity to actually see what he can do. So I think that's something to kind of look forward to. I mean, Brad Holmes seems to be insistent on this was a good addition. This was this was and, and I think he was BSing a lot, but. He kept saying, we need to add competition to the quarterback room. And then they signed Nate Sudfield. He's like, this counts as an addition. And you're like, does it? Um, <laughs> We've already saw his his competition last year. All, right. all respect. But but yeah, so we don't expect Hendon Hooker to, to take any reps in, in OTAs. We Adrian Martinez will get those third team reps. So, it, you know, it's an opportunity for him to grab a roster spot I, because of those rules that you just mentioned, Chris. Um, but that would that would also assume that Hendon Hooker is going to start the season on on the pup list and we sh- we sure don't know whether that's going to happen or not sure. it's certainly a possibility because but like I, ryan said they're going to take things slow and so if he's on the pup well then that maybe gives an opportunity for adrian martinez to make the the 53 but that seems like a long shot but this is going to be his first opportunity to I, really I think, shot. yeah i think regardless the lions were heading towards a season where they were going to carry three on the roster anyway just because of hen and hooker's status not pup but, if, but like in right. like his playability but yeah. I, I mean, even with this rule, like I know every year, man, we've talked about, will the Lions carry two or three? This has opened up the door to three to be much more relevant. I, I think a much more clear answer is the answer is three. So I think that puts more emphasis on OTAs to see what you have in these backup quarterbacks. Right. It, and it'll be interesting to see what they do, because like you can make the argument, well, the Lions are the ones that propose this rule. So they're they're definitely thinking about bringing three. The The only thing I would say to that is that when they proposed the rule, I believe their proposal said uh, bringing up a practice squad guy. And so it, it was late, like their proposal was shifted a little bit. Now that guy has to be on the 53 man. It roster. has to be on the 53 man roster. Right. Yes, that's a, that's a, that's important. You can't just bring up a guy from your practice squad the week prior. It has to be within a yeah. set period that he is brought up. And really, this is being brought up in light of that Eagles 49ers game where I think the 49ers literally ran out of quarterbacks. Yep. So. So what are we expecting from OTAs? Are you expecting Adrian Martinez to ball out? Or are we expecting, can Adrian Martinez even push Nate Sudfeld? No, no, it's it, Nate Sudfeld's a back, backup. Like 
people are just going to have to get used to that. I maybe maybe there's a Teddy Bridgewater signing coming around. Maybe he's a guy that's just like, hey, I don't want to do the offseason workout thing. I'll sign after all that stuff is done. But I think I think and I, I've been trying to tell this to Ryan for weeks now. I I, I think Nate Sudfeld's your guy and you just got to get used to it. And you got to hope he has something that that we haven't seen over the past year. Just means we got to get close to hooker, Ryan. I dude, three months ago, this would have made my head spin. So <laughs> we're here now, though. And I guess I have to, as we check off your bingo card, have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's right. Speaking of that, let's talk about running backs then. Uh, two main questions. First off, how much are we going to see of Jameer Gibbs? I think I'll pose that out there and then we'll talk about the second one in a second. So we didn't really get to see Gibbs at uh, the rookie minicam, Jeremy. It was kind of yeah. a big disappointment. So are we expecting to see him in OTAs? Have the Lions given us any word as far as how much we could expect to see out of the number 12 pick? Um, no, but there was a video of him like doing very slow cuts at the rookie premiere in, in LA this past weekend. So, and if you were to take them at their word, you know, it was just a tweak that he dealt with on the first day of rookie minicamp. We happened to come in on day two where he was at the worst of that. But, you know, I've been doing a lot of Internet sleuthing as much as possible, looking through all like the offseason workout, you know, uh, photo galleries that they post. And I haven't seen him since. So there was at least a little bit of a sense that maybe it was more serious. But I think at this point you should expect to see Jameer Gibbs out there. And that's exciting, right? Like that's op- that's opening your Christmas present uh, a couple of days late. Um, so that, yeah, I'm, that might be one of the, the major things I'm, I'm watching for, uh, when we go in, and see the lines later this week, because I, I want to see the speed. I want to see the, the explosion. I want to see why the Lions did something that I would advise against taking a running back as high as they did. I want to know what they know. And so that, that to me is maybe one of the biggest storylines, I think of OTAs coming up. Cross off the bingo card there too. How yeah, do you feel I, about, I, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I, I just want to see Gibbs on the field so that we don't have to deal with DeAndre Swift 2.0 comments <laughs> if uh, if he happens to not be 100%. But here's the thing. If he's not 100%, I don't see the Lions. Again, they're not going to push things, right? So, right. Um, But from all indications, it seems, you know, whatever happened in, in rookie minicamp was, you know, just a slight tweak. And we should see him. I hope yeah. we see him. I'm, I, I believe we will see him and I would I would be really expecting to see him because I want to see, especially if we're going to get him practicing with any kind of of uh, like, I don't know if Jared Goff is really going to be much in OTAs, but I'd like to see him get some reps with Jared Goff just to get comfortable with Jared Goff. Because we know Jared Goff takes time getting comfortable with his receivers. And guess what? Jameer Gibbs is a receiver just with a running back title under yeah. as much as he'll take snaps from from the backfield. He's got to get comfortable with Goff treating him like a receiver and being comfortable Goff being comfortable with him as a target and throwing to him as a target. So I'd like to see that get started early for myself personally. Uh want to talk about RB3? We actually have a real battle here, Jeremy. Yeah. I'm 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 fascinated by it, honestly. And and I don't know. Problem with OTAs is you don't really get a great look at running backs. You got to remember OTAs. There's no contact. You're mm-hmm. you're you're not in full pads. Um, your your the offensive line isn't blocking like they normally would. So no one's tackling anybody. So it's like a guy like Muhammad Ibrahim, right? A guy that that a lot of people are really excited about. He wins with physicality. So he's not going to show like his his game is not capable of showing up during 
OTAs, but we'll and see. And he did get a good lion's share of 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 uh of work during the mini camp as well, yeah, mostly just because he was the rookie running back playing out there without uh right. Gibbs. Right. And so um, you know, we he's not gonna I doubt he's going to stand out over the next three weeks, but it's always interesting to seeing what order people take reps. So is, is, is Craig Reynolds going to be the guy that comes in after the first two are out? Or is it Greg Bell, a guy that I think they really liked last year before his early training camp injury? Oh, or is it, or how far down the order is, is Ibrahim going to be? So it, it'll be interesting to see the reps they take. I, I don't think you'll be able to see other than deducing from that, who's truly in the lead to win that, that position. But, uh, but it's always going to be fun to just kind of like see where, where everyone is, where they stand right now. Yeah, personally, I I mean, you look at the RB3, and obviously that's a player that for all, you know, you think about the the running back position in the NFL, like an RB3 is somebody who likely gets snaps playing running back, Yeah, uh, you know, on any given week, depending on injuries. So you have to balance that with what I think the Lions do value, it, special teams, right? So you, you look at, which which of these guys really brings the most special teams value because yes. hopefully you knock on wood and you know Montgomery's healthy all season and Gibbs is healthy all season and you're looking at RB3 and that guy is primarily going to play special teams. Craig Reynolds played a lot of special teams last year. He had he racked up like over 100 snaps yeah. at uh mm-hmm. at, at yeah. special teams at various phases. So I think he probably has the the leg up on the competition. However, I think what also is interesting, does this team keep four running backs? Ooh. Possible. Yeah. It is possible. I mean, usually sometimes that's been that fourth has been a fullback, but I think finally we're heading to the non-fullback era. Question mark. How dare you, says Jason Cabinda. Hey, if he makes the roster, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh wide receivers. This is where we rip the band-aid off a little bit about Jamison Williams. Yeah. So uh, JMO will probably uh, be practicing out there. I think Jeremy. That's the expectation. I, I mean, obviously with OTAs, yeah. you, you never know who's going to show up too, right? It, it, it's right. important to, to reiterate that this is, this is not mandatory. This isn't mandatory. It's voluntary. Yeah. But I, I know you're kind of excited to see if he'll even be able to speak. Right. To the media at this point, especially since it will be our first time speaking with him since he was handed his six game suspension by the NFL for gambling at team facilities. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's just interesting to to have him talk like I, I I I don't it's not like I want him to face the music or anything like that. But listen, there are a lot of questions about this kid's maturity, and I'd like to I'd like to know how he's going to respond to that, you know, not via an agency statement, right? Yeah. He hasn't tweeted about it. He hasn't said anything about it. He hasn't gone on any TV shows or radio or anything like that. Just a statement from his agent. Now, if I had to guess, he's not going to he's not going to talk to the media. He he isn't a guy that's all that eager to talk to the media in the first place. The lines might protect him, but I'd I'd like to hear from him. Yeah, and I think especially for me, uh I want to know how much he was aware of this role because I've talked with some people and it seems like there's, especially with the NFL's new investigation, it sounds like there's more people who are not aware of this, this thing, this, I, I don't want to call it a technicality. It's a full rule, but I, I wonder how much it was, it was treated as a technicality and some people just missed out on it, but 
Like, I don't know if you expect much from JMO here, Ryan, if your attention is more towards the other receivers uh, who have to probably step up and probably might just get more practice just because they're not going to see JMO for the first six games of the year. Yeah, that was my question. And I think that's the thing I'm most intrigued about when it comes to OTAs is who's going to be the biggest benefactor of the Lions knowing, you know, hey, we're without JMO for six weeks. Who's going to step up? Who's going to assume that role? I mean, you, you think about it, obviously, they have a lot of mouths to feed on offense. Mm-hmm. They can certainly, and this is the crazy thing about the JMO phenomenon, is the Lions essentially played an entire season last year without him. You know, yeah. and their offense was pretty good without him. And I, you can't really say, hey, JMO did this much for the team down those, you know, final few games that he was active, that he really took their offense. Then I, that, no, that's not the case. So I guess the thing that I'm most bummed about, and I think a lot of people are bummed out, is like, oh, what dimension does he add to this team? And you got to wait on that for six weeks. Right. So how do the, how do the Lions pivot? How do they adjust? Who, who's the guy who steps up? Is it, you know, is it Josh Reynolds? Is, is that, is it, is it Marvin Jones? Um, I think those are the first two names that probably come to mind. Cause you think I'm on plays in the slot and, you know, he's going to get his targets and he's going to get his, his fair share of the, the workload already. But you know, these are OTAs and we kind of highlight the guys who, who fly under the radar and we have yeah. Antoine green, Jeremy, we have, um, it's a kid from Eastern uh, Drummond. Drummond, Dylan Drummond, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a couple of names. The Lions have 12 receivers signed. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. So there, and and you, you look at like four, if you're, if you're not counting GMO, four are like blocks, essentially, which means you have one or two spots for the rest of those, you know, seven, eight guys to, to fight for. So, yeah, Antoine Green is obviously a, a big one to pay attention to. Um, Tom Kennedy, can I never had to know how to say his Kateon. I don't know how to say his name. Thompson, Chase Coda, uh, you know, a couple of UDFAs thrown in there. It, it, you know, it's the bloodbath, right? It's the linebacker bloodbath, except mm. for the wide receiver fifth or sixth position. So maybe a little less sexy, but um, there's going to be, there's going to be that extra spot because Jamo's going to go on the suspended list. Won't count against the 53. So this is, this is the opportunity for some of these guys to make their first impression. Wide receiver survivor who walks out. <laughs> right. Speaking of other things in surviving, and we're running low on time, so I'm going to start stepping up these last two on offense. Uh, tight ends. Who's going to win tight end two at this point? I mean, I I'm kind of curious where they put Laporta right away. Is he is like does he walk in there as tight end one? I mean, we know that that's the end destination, but is is that where they put him right away? We know we know the lines like to make guys earn it, right? They they do. They do. But I think that earning it is a factor more of the training camp and an OTA is like. And I think by the end, just skill alone on Sam Laporta means he's going to be tight end one. Like, I think as much as I know, Lions fans love the Brock Wright catch and everything. But I think Shane Zilstra is going to probably step in and immediately show is like, oh, he's heading above these guys. Big Shane Zilstra guy, huh? Did you did you mean Sam? I think you meant Sam Laporta. I <laughs> just wow. Okay, yes. <laughs> You're looking at Shane Zilstra I, in our in our. I, I'm looking at the rundown, and my eyes glued <laughs> down to the next point. Yes, adequate, 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 adequate. Yes, I mean Sam Laporta is going to come in and probably be TA one. I I think that Laporta gets there right. 
I think by week one, he's tight end one. I think what's interesting is to figure out what do they value with that tight end too? Because yeah. it seems like based on talent alone, James Mitchell would probably assume that role. However, do they want a guy with a little bit more blocking aptitude? Do they want to put Brock right at tight end too? Is Shane Zilster a wide receiver at this point? Yeah, there's there, there's some calculus and there's some math to do there in terms of balancing the numbers, but they they have players, right? And I, I think you look at the guys who are locks or, and they're Laporta and it's right and it's Mitchell. I think beyond I was that, say, though, we have not talked much about Mitchell here when talking yeah. about TE2 at all. Yeah, we I, just don't know what he is. He belongs in the discussion. Yeah, for sure. It, it just what do they want from that role? I I think James Mitchell is is definitely one of the guys that I'm I'm going to be hyper focused on this this offseason because obviously we didn't see his best last year we didn't see him at all I think in training camp um, last year so again it, it's kind of that opportunity to f- see this guy for for really the first time and and when we talked to Steve Hyden the new tight ends coach he's like listen man year one after that ACL injury you are not feeling like yourself it really mm-hmm. takes a full year after your quote unquote recovered to to feel confident and and feel strong again so this is this is rookie year 2.0 for him and uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how how much better he looks in, in training camp here you know absolutely uh how do we figure out the offensive line and what like i i i know there's probably a story with guard if vitai and i think vitai probably is the starter so earlier we did have some transaction news where uh patrick murtaugh and that's that kind of affects the i guess a little bit the tight end Chase, he, I don't know he, if he was going to. He was never going to make the team. No, like he was gonna no, be on the no. This is in international pathways. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really count. To, there, there's some special rules and, and quirks to it. It doesn't really count against your full roster, and you're kind of encouraged to like add them to the practice squad if they don't make the full roster. Lions were instead awarded instead of Patrick Murtaugh due to medical issues, uh, an offensive lineman Max Percher, which yeah, he's actually been floating around the NFL a little bit as far as practice squads with the Rams, I believe. Yep. That adds it to the, uh, that adds him to the gumbo figuring out what is basically a depth, uh, a conversation of depth for the offensive line going into OTAs. The only real starter thing we, I think we can figure out Jeremy is whether or not we're going to expect Vitae to be the presumed starter at right guard, or if it's maybe opening up the door to uh, someone, someone else. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's like, we got to check in on his health, right? Where mm. where is he? Is he is he ready to go? We've seen photos of him on on off season workouts uh, in the building, and we've heard the 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 coaching staff say we we've we've heard promising news. Does that mean he's right there? Does that mean he's ready to go and he's going to be right there in the right guard spot, or is it going to be Graham Glasgow, or is it going to be someone else? Is Graham Glasgow going to be backing up the guard, or is he going to be backing up Frank Ragnow at center, or is he going to be starter? Right? We we don't know any of those real questions. I think. I think we all kind of presume that that Vitae is going to be the starter when he's ready. Um, But we don't know if that's going to be now or if it's going to be in training camp or maybe even later than that. Who knows? Um, Again, this is all kind of the fun of of OTAs is is getting answers to a lot of these questions. And then you mentioned, you know, the the depth there. Right. And and I think the depth guy that interests me the most, and maybe you agree, maybe you don't, Ryan, is Obina Eze. Right. He's a guy that extremely raw and new to the game of football, but has a lot of really interesting tools. We barely saw any of them last year during uh, training camp and, and, and hard knocks. And now he's had a full year to develop kind of behind the scenes during the, the football season. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see where he's at. Is he, has he moved the, the post enough to maybe 
take up the, the swing tackle spot. Yeah, I, I think that's it with Eze is you look at the Lions offensive line and if you're worried about any spot, it's tackle, right? right? I mean, beyond Decker, beyond Sewell, what do the Lions have? And, you know, another name to throw in there is, you know, Colby, Colby Sorsdahl. I was going to say, I think we've all just presumed he's going to go to be a guard in the NFL. And I know he doesn't have the measurables to be an NFL tackle, but Ryan necessity might need him to start there. Maybe. Yeah. I, that, that's another name that I'm interesting to see where they put him at. In, in start is in like being as a tackle on the depth chart. I mean, yeah, not yeah. actually start, but for sure. Uh, yeah. I, Obviously, I think a lot of people view him as depth at guard, but I really view him in terms of his athleticism and some of the things he can do on the move. He seems like a like a really interesting fit for that swing tackle spot. So you have Eze, you have Sorstall. There, there's a lot to that cosmic gumbo on the offensive line depth. Gumbo. Gumbo could be the new flavor for Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Would you eat a gumbo flavor jerky if it was like, I don't know, dried? You can make jerky out of everything. I learned this going up to Colorado sometime and seeing like they had ostrich jerky and gator jerky. Gumbo jerky? Question mark? I'm just saying, you know, some uh, shrimp shrimp jerky, maybe. <laughs> Righteous Felon, we're giving you a bunch of ideas here because the right POD podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions because Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Get charged up because all of this protein is coming your way. All this meat's got all this protein packed into it. Two-ounce bag of jerky, 16 to 20 grams. More on the 20 side. If it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too because Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania. They use locally sourced all natural black Angus beef and prize themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. There's usually be the part where Jeremy holds up a bag, but something tells me he ate it. Yeah, I'm out. You finally I'm ate out. that Carolina Reaper? I did. I did. Mm. And I'm still here. You haven't blown up yet. Nope. That's good. Someone gave us a list cast. I think one of the breaks about uh, righteous felon flavors. Last week. Mm. Not it was a good list. Now. They got they got to pay again. Mm. And guess what we got for you, too? A promo code. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout. Get 15% off your order. Promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. When we come back on the Friday Detroit POD cast, I'm going to stop making mistakes. And we are also going to talk about the defensive side of the OTAs. Coming up next in the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate 
in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, we're going to hustle along here as we get to the second part of our OTA preview, talking about defense. I know that uh, Ryan's uh, son, Teddy, has become needy. So I apologize if Ryan didn't want that on the air, but uh, becomes that, it becomes what? That's fine. He's less than a year old. He, he's allowed to be needy. He's allowed to be. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying that as an explanation, not as blame. <laughs> Like also, also part of the blame should be that we take an hour between segments yeah, on the Twitch I, stream. I have no one to blame but ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Can we talk about Broderick Martin? <laughs> what are we expecting out of him with uh, with uh, OTAs, Jeremy? So one of the more interesting names that come out from the draft, uh, mostly because we just don't know what he's going to do against this level of competition right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I one of the more surprising picks uh, of, of the draft um, and a draft maybe full of a lot of surprising picks, but Project Martin, you know, he told the, the draft day story. He, he was up preparing for a Saturday draft party on Friday night when he gets drafted and has to run down uh, six flights of stairs to tell his mom that he's been drafted uh, a day in advance of when he expected to go. So yeah, it's, He's got kind of a a bit of a uh, a reputation to uphold now as a as a day two pick, and coming from Western Kentucky, didn't play great competition. So again, OTAs you're not going to have full contact, so he's not going to have a a, a full um, opportunity, I guess, to to shine necessarily. But it is going to be interesting to see, you know, again, like where he is he repping with the second team, the third team. He's probably not going to be with the first team right away. Um, Probably won't be with the first team most of the season, I would imagine. So um, I guess you kind of hope since he'll be going against maybe some second and third stringers that that you'll see some flashes even with, you know, it not being full contact yet. But um, and then, you know, just being able to see that size, seeing that length, seeing how he, he's able to use it and seeing how quickly he can adjust to the speed and size of, of the NFL. So. Definitely one of the more interesting guys to to be watching this, this upcoming week, but I don't know how much you're going to be able to pull from from non-contact OTAs. Yeah, and like how much you're going to really really be able to glean from, you know, what kind of packages do they have him in? Like, I don't, you're not going to be able to get too much out of that. I don't think either. So yeah, everything's going to be vanilla still. Yeah. Are there any uh, scheme changes you're kind of expecting to see, though, uh, as we get into the OTAs, Jeremy? Like, maybe are we still going to see McNeil at the three tech? I, I think you you will um, with with McNeil. Um, in terms of schematic changes, I don't know. I I, I do really think they want to be that more attacking defense that they kind of had to scale back from last year and instead do a, a little more two gapping. But when you add a guy like Broderick Martin who can two gap um, and, and probably prefers to two gap, maybe they don't change. It, again, it's another thing to to check in on, and 
we don't know how much they're going to show us. Um, we have to imagine that because they have three OTAs per week and we only get to see one of them, they might show the the least on the day that we're there. But again, that that's always a big part of these OTAs and seeing what what they're doing differently. And I'm not sure again how much you're you're going to be able to tell. And I didn't write in our outline, but I think it's worth mentioning that another guy that that we should be paying attention to in the interior defensive line is Levi Onzerike, right? Mm-hmm. I get questions every freaking day on Twitter asking, "What's the latest on Levi? What's the latest on Levi?" I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but we're, we're going to maybe have a little bit more of an answer, th- you know, this week. I, I have to imagine my expectation is that he's not going to be practicing. Um, we haven't seen any evidence of him actually doing on-field drills, but we know he's in the building. So um, your fingers crossed we see him, but uh, I'm not I'm not ready to believe that that Levi is ready to to attack the day here. Um, I think you have in the outline here something about uh sorry, one more sorry, getting this up. Uh we do have a late FA edition free agent edition. Yeah. We want to talk about him at all, or is it just kind of a camp body in in your opinion? Well, I think that's the question, right? Christian Covington is is a guy we're talking about here, uh a veteran, right? A guy who who has plenty of experience and some starting experience. Um, was that addition a sign that they they felt they needed to upgrade the room? Was it just a matter of them needing healthy bodies? Maybe again another sign that that Levi's might not be ready. Um, I don't know. It 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 was to me it was an interesting addition, and we know this fan base has just been raving for for them to make more additions at defensive tackle. They're still weak at defensive tackle. Get a defensive tackle. Trade for this guy. Do that. Do that. Um, Christian Covington is what they got, which I think is probably not what most people were asking for, but. I think there might be a little bit more there than, than people are expecting. So I think, I think he has a legitimate chance to, to contend for uh, a roster spot. And at the very least, like I think he can pretty quickly unseat Benito Jones as, as your, you know, your DT four, your DT five. So um, I think it's a name that you're going to have to get used to. I'm, you know, maybe not an absolute game changer though. I want to talk about edge for a second then. Um, and uh, Ryan, I, I want you to I want your opinions on what I'm thinking here, because like I'm really I think the one player I want to probably see most OTAs, especially when we're talking about the defensive line, is probably James Houston um, or just in, in edge receivers, I should say. But yeah, because of the scheme. But yeah, like but I, I think there's just been this assumption that James Houston, after what he did last year, is ma- it will magically be a starter. But I think for where he was drafted like we still kind of need some consistency and we need to see some buy-in from the coaching that he is going to be treated and considered a three down player. I'm not saying that's impossible, but I just, I don't think it's been like fully etched in stone yet. His name I think is still in, in pencil that, but I think this is the key moment where we see like at, at OTAs, like how much is he playing? Where are they using him? And I think we'll get that answer pretty quickly on how they view James Houston. Yeah, we got we got a glimpse of it, right? I felt like if my memory serves me right, the first time I really noticed James Houston being on the field more than just on uh, you know, pass rushing situations and you know, third down and, and the such was like the Bears game. Um at the at the end of the season, uh, mm-hmm. the home game. And, you know, I mean, that's really late into the year. So yeah. this is a guy who I think it dovetails into our other question about like, what will the depth chart look like with a fully healthy squad? We talked about this when we were, you know, figuring out the roster after kind of the dust had settled after the draft. And it's like, Oh, they didn't cut Romeo Aquara. Oh, they didn't cut bait with Charles Harris. Yeah, They have Josh Pascal, you know, healthy from season start. They brought back 
everybody's uh, milk carton phenomenon, John Kaminsky. They have so many players at that spot. Where do the snaps go? And, you know, you don't want to keep a talented player off the field. And James Houston very clearly showed that he has a lot of spark to him. Just where does he fit in and how often does he fit in there? I think that's the bigger question, right, Jeremy? Yeah, no question. Um, Yeah, I think you nailed this position front to back. It's just there's so many people there. It's such a crowded room. Do some of these guys become more specialty players? Does does Romeo become more of a specialty player than a a legitimate starter like he was a couple of years ago? Um, does John it can, does it does it assuage your concerns about the interior of the defensive line? Right, because yeah. Pascal can kick in and Hutchinson can kick in. I mean, Pascal's a, a huge one again. Like we we always talk about the year two jump. We didn't see a ton from him last year, but this is a second round pick, right? Uh, if if we want someone to buck that second round pick terror that that seems to be going through this team he's he's a guy that maybe you don't want to forget about and and yeah i think i it's tough because they have what i think they have like nine edge players and only six defensive tackles but it speaks to what you just said like some of these guys are going to play spend a lot of their time in the interior and i think pascal's one of those guys kaminsky's one of those guys and It'll just be interesting to see how it shakes out. And maybe again, there's a schematic change because they are so heavy on those versatile guys. And versatility is just going to be the name of the game here in on, on defense specifically. And and we'll kind of get our first dose of, of how it looks with a healthy squad uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about the linebackers here. Uh, Jeremy, where does Jack Campbell, the big man himself, where is he starting? Start with ones? You get the green dot? You're going to just hand the keys to the castle to him right away. It's or is he going to have to earn it? Man, I don't know. (laughs) Like to me, it seems like they might just hand him the keys. I don't I don't think they're going to give him the green dot. Um, Dan Campbell kind of had this quote during Good Morning Football, and he conflated like if you really listen to what he was saying, like part half of the quote, he was talking about Alex Anzalone. Half the time he was talking about Jack Campbell, and it wasn't really clear when he was talking about which I think they like Alex Anzalone enough to start the season as a green dot. I really do. Maybe, I think, maybe like a pro wrestler mo- type of move where it's like, you're just going to be handing off the green dot at some point, like just make this a succession. Yeah, I think so. But, but at the same time, like you don't want to wait too long. If Jack Campbell's your green dot guy in the future, like the sooner you give him those responsibilities, the sooner he's going to be better at him. I just, I don't, man, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I do think he's, I do think they like this guy enough to say he is going to be a starter. One of the things, though, that really intrigued me about Jack Campbell um, was Kelvin Shepard. He did an interview with the Detroit News um, and and talked about Jack Campbell and said, like, he's talking about his speed, and, and everyone has kind of said the same thing about Jack Campbell's speed. Like, I was surprised by the, the, the athletic scores that he got because it doesn't show up on film. And Kelvin Shepard says, yeah, that's because they didn't use it. They, they said, hey, you run, defend, don't do much of anything else. I want I want to get him blitzing. I want to get him going, you know, sideline to sideline, that sort of stuff. And so maybe there's a little bit additional or, or change of a role in the linebacker, in, in, the, in the linebacking core. I don't think they'll go three linebackers or anything like that. But maybe, I mean, I, I don't want to say he's going to be, you know, Micah Parsons or anything, but you might see a little bit more blitzing out of this unit than you have in the past. And I think Jack Campbell might be the key to that. I think the biggest question mark that people have at the linebacker position though, is Derek Barnes. Like I, I feel like <laughs> for all of the questions that people throw out about Levi, 
when people remind me that Derek Barnes is a part of that room, I'm really wondering where he's fitting in because it seems like he's destined for, in my opinion, the Lions bring back Jalen Rees-Maven. That seems like a one-to-one swap for Josh Woods. Where does Derek Barnes fit in? Because it seems like if it's beyond special teams, it doesn't seem like there's a very clear path to him playing defense when you have Jack Campbell, you have Alex Anzalone, you have Malcolm Rodriguez, who, you know, Jack Campbell's presence comes at the expense of Malcolm Rodriguez. So where does Derek Barnes fit in? It's a good question. It's, I think I it's a rhetorical really one because yeah. I think we'll figure it out during OTAs. Maybe yeah. maybe not figure it out, but we'll at least get the sense that, hey, this guy is, you know, in case of emergency. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, OTAs is going to answer a lot of this. So uh, moving into the backfield, I, I'm getting the sense from national media guys I talked to that uh, they still don't believe the Lions have done anything to really fix up the backfield which seems to ignore most of what they did in free agency. <laughs> but I think it's also maybe a, cha- a case that Emmanuel Mosley and Cam Sutton really don't stand out. Uh, but is is Mosley close, Jeremy? Is Mosley close to being be healthy, physically being ready? ready be phys- physically ready? Is he, Are we going to see him perform at OTAs? I doubt it. Uh, I don't have any insider information, but, um, you know, when did he get injured? I think September. Um, we know the Lions like to take their guys slow. Um, so I think, I think, you know, he's on the path that, that we've seen some other guys get injured early in the season. And, and here's the thing. He isn't, he isn't like Tracy Walker. He isn't posting a million updates on social media and things like that. So last time we talked to Emmanuel Mosley, it seemed like training camp was kind of the, the target there. And and maybe it's realistic. He'll be there. He'll be ready. Maybe he won't. I just think it's a little early for him. Um, so, you know, you'll, you'll probably get the Jerry Jacobs show, right. As your second outside corner. And, um, and I, I guess I'm, I'm almost a little bit more interested in Cameron Sutton because it does feel like you said, maybe a, a move that's being overlooked by national media. We, I don't know if he's like a number one corner where he's going to be like shutting down Justin Jefferson and things like that. But I do get a sense that he is going to be an emotional leader, a smart guy, a guy who communicates well with the rest of the secondary and therefore elevates everybody's game. I'm just wondering what that looks like in practice. Am I going to be able to notice him making everyone around him better? And is he going to be able like, here's the thing. We're not going to get Jameson Williams until week seven, but we're going to get plenty of him over the next month, hopefully assuming that he's there. Um, And so how, how will Cam Sutton deal with someone that fast? That's something I'm pretty interested in seeing. Yeah. The the stuff with Cameron Sutton that I find interesting that you alluded to, Jeremy, is how does that leadership manifest itself? Because I feel like when we when we did our first bite, um, kind of like review uh series and, and we talked to um is it Farabaugh, I think, about uh Cameron Sutton and his his leadership qualities. Like, do those manifest like on the field, like you see that kind of thing? Or are you going to learn more about Cameron Sutton's leadership from anecdotal things that other players are saying? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, where it flies more under the radar. And and it seems like he's that kind of player where it's like, Hey, like maybe in the sense of like Jeff Okuda having Jerry Jacobs in his hip pocket, that one uh, year in training camp. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously once again, we have to say this is unpadded practice. So seeing how these, some of these guys are going to perform out there is always kind of tricky, especially Especially as we get to safeties too. 
Um, how much is CJ Gardner? Speaking of the other addition the Lions made this offseason, how much is CJ Gardner Johnson really going to play here in OTAs? I, I would hope we at least get to see some of him in OTAs, Jeremy. But well, you will. The question, well, assuming he shows up, the question is where, and that's. I mean, this is, we could have really put CBs and safeties together here because there's going mm-hmm. to be plenty of overlap, right? CJ GJ's probably. I think most of the people. I think most people in Detroit assume he's going to be the starting nickel for whatever reason. Most people nationally believe he's going to be a safety. And I mean, that just goes down to what he with the Eagles. He played a bunch of safety last year, but when he was with Aaron Glenn in New Orleans, he played a bunch of nickel. So I think, I think the right assumption is that he's going to play nickel, but I, I would not assume that he's solely going to be there. Right. I think there's going to be a lot of fluidity again, a lot of versatility and you know, it, it's not just CJ GJ, right? It's, it's Will Harris. It's Batu Melifanwu. It's, all these guys that they can play. It's Brian branch, right? Brian branch. Where is he going to play? Where is he going to start? I have no idea. Um, he said he's, he's learning all of the positions, which is probably a good start for him. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the safeties, a lot of it is just like, where are they going to, where, where are we going to start? Who's is it? Is it Tracy Walker and, and Kirby Joseph, or are, is there going to be a surprise back there? My question when, you know, they get CJ GJ and you assume that he's just going to mostly play nickel, but then you add Brian branch. And I understand that you're not always drafting for the immediate. And there was a hell of a lot of good value there, but you see this roster kind of take shape in terms of all the additions they made in the defensive backfield. And it's like, are they going to just figure out a way to play with one linebacker on the field? Like, is is that what they're going to do? I mean, there might be, there might be some exotic looks where, where things are, kind of out there because you you have somebody like Brian Branch. And I think that this coaching staff is very much, hey, let's get the 11 best players on the field for yeah. each play, and we'll we'll figure it out from there. Um, I mean, it won't be so radical. Maybe there's only, like, certain packages or personnel groupings that, that they want to roll something out, like, you know, that radical. And I'm not even suggesting that they, they would, but you feel like they could. I guess, uh, Jeremy, you mentioned him a little bit there, but we haven't really talked about is is Tracy Walker. Are we expecting him to be 100 percent? I don't think he's going to be fully 100 percent for OTAs, but uh, I guess I think a lot of the safety core does a lot of that actual safety play does depend on the health of Tracy Walker here. Yeah, I mean, he's had such a ridiculous. I mean, we, we talked about this last year with with Jeff Okuda and how quickly he was able to rebound from his Achilles and he was there to start training camp seems like Tracy Walker might be even ahead of that. It seems like there's a very good chance that he's a full participant in OTAs. And maybe I'm being optimistic there, but like, again, kind of reading the tea leaves, watching all the videos that he's doing, watching him clearly doing on-field drills during off-season workouts leads me to believe that he might be ready. And and again, it probably is bear, bears worth repeating that the lines are, are taking guys slow that don't need to be taken fast. And so maybe they, they play it's safe with Tracy Walker. I mean, he's a veteran. He knows the system. He knows all of that, but he's also a tenacious dude who has a, you know, a fierce work ethic. And based on everything I've, I've seen from him, I would not be surprised if he's out there with the ones with, for the very first, you know, seven on seven snap or whatever it is. I have one question leading into OTAs. One burning question. If JMO's there, mm-hmm. what's better headline fodder? Cam Sutton shutting down Jamison Williams or Jamison Williams burning Cam Sutton. Headline fodder for me would be 
Cam Sutton shutting down Jamison Williams, just because I think it feeds into not, not for healthy reasons, but because I yeah. think that there are, it, it, it feeds to a certain subset of Detroit fans who uh, have for one reason or another, have are just running this particular playbook with JMO. This is just the, one of my favorite things of like training camp, right? <laughs> right. Cause every story has a good and a bad side. Yes. Right. Also, also best shape of his life. Yeah. Well, to, to go to, to Ryan's question, uh, better for my mental health, JMO burning Cameron Sutton, because I feel like that's, that's what should happen with the first round pick. Um, but be, better for clicks, probably a lot of hate clicks. If Cameron Sutton is shutting down Jameson Williams. All what's the money for pro- us. What's, what's more problematic for the lions. If Jamo's getting shut down, that's a huge problem. Huge problem. I guess you could make the argument though, that, you know, their offense was humming along without JMO last year. So it's okay if he busts. I I, I think I know where Ryan's coming from because you're basically saying that your supposed leader in of the cornerbacks is going to get uh is going to get burned by a guy who only played uh, a few games last year. I, I just think for a team that was absolutely starving for so much help at cornerback, it would be really, really good if the Lions had sure. somebody they could count on. Yeah. That you, that question was just I want to watch the world burn. Question: How dare yeah. you? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> We're Lions fans. That's what we do. Go we Bears! Burn the world every now. Oh, you, oh, oh my God! God. Censure! Get us, get Censure! Ex- heresy! Excommunication! <laughs> Sterminatus! I think Ryan wants to quit. So that means that for myself, you can find me on Twitter at Christopher Jeremy Ryzen was at De- Detroit Online. Ryan Matthews. The apostate where you can yell at him is at Ryan underscore POD. Do not lock your account, Ryan. Uh, as always, we will see you star side. We'll be back here later this week for more podcasting. Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com.